0: It's unfortunate that we even have to say black lives matter. I mean, if you go through history, nobody ever gave a fuck. I mean, you can kill black people in the street. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody goes to prison. But when I say black lives matter and you say all lives matter, that's like if I was to say gay lives matter and you say all lives matter. If I said women's lives matter and you say all lives matter, you're diluting what I'm saying. You're diluting the issue. The issue isn't about everybody. It's about black lives at the moment. But the truth of the matter is, they don't really give a fuck about anybody if you break the shit all the way down to the low fucking dirty ass truth.
1: We say that black lives matter. But truthfully, they really never have. No one ever really gave a fuck. Just read your bullshit history books.
0: Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to the OG Ice-T and his band Body Count. And welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, we implore you, again, if you enjoy the content that we provide at TheChairShot.com day in and day out, make sure you show us some love and make sure we keep providing that fire content that you enjoy by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot, pick up an official ChairShot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. We've got hashtag journalism, Jesus Did the Job, Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin Sucks, and many many other cool designs that'll go well with your flip-flops and socks or your sneakers because we're heading into the summer month but again go to pro dot com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please i'm mr velvet pipes christopher platt as always i'm joined by andrew belaz and the commissioner pc tunny gentlemen how goes it
2: Eh, well enough all things considered Tony, how's uh how are you looking forward to softball finally kicking up
1: yes life is good in that aspect life is also good in the aspect of i am off of work tomorrow so as much as long as you guys would like to ramble i have plenty of beer as far as those aspects are concerned i am i am doing well ahoy ahoy chips ahoy another podcast uh, here with the boys uh pod is war let's uh hey guys let's dig deep tonight and really go out there and Act like we want a second nomination
2: in a row this year, right? Let's go get them.
0: Shout out to Russell Hub.
2: There is a bigger looming issue that I guess we should touch on since we're not exactly known as a, a pansy-ass podcast that likes to pussyfoot, now do
0: we? And, and you know, Andrew and, and PC, that, it, it's funny that you said that, Andrew, because I've been going back and forth with this and... Obviously, we're referring to everything that's going on in our country right now. Everybody knows what it is, so I we don't have to rehash. We we just don't have to rehash. I, I can just leave it at that. But I, I we touched on it a little bit on the three man weave that we just recorded on chairshot.com. You can check that out. But I was a little hesitant to talk about this. But what you brought up, that that that's kind of where I'm coming from. Because I my my entire gimmick. And it's not a gimmick, it's actually a shoot, but my whole shtick is that I'm supposed to be the guy that speaks his truth, that calls it like he sees it, and that's just what it is, and I felt as if, it it started to kind of tug on my spirit a little bit. I felt as if, okay, well, this is an opportunity, I can't just hide my head in the sand because some real shit is going on, I just didn't feel like it was true to who I am as a person, you know what I mean?
2: Oh I, I agree with you completely. That's why I I definitely, you know, thought something was going to be said and something needs to be said and I know for myself at least cuz uh, you know, I'm the one that suggested the the body count song. That kind of encapsulates how I feel, but I don't really have the perspective that you do. So I really shouldn't be talking on this as much as as you should. So I will shut the fuck up and let you speak from a place of knowledge.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. Let me try to get my thoughts together here because I I want this to make sense and I hope that what I say makes sense and if it doesn't, fuck it, man, just chalk it up to the drunk ramblings of a drunken idiot. But um, I guess for starters, I want to go back to 2006 just for a hot second because back in 2006, the... FBI put out a memo, and if you read that memo, it stated that several white supremacist organizations had infiltrated law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So I, I said that to say that a lot of these police officers aren't actually police officers. A lot of these people are race soldiers. Another way to put it is that a lot of people turned in their white uniforms for blue uniforms if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we we can't have an open and honest discussion about racism in America. And and the reason that we can't have an open and honest discussion about racism in America is that if we actually had an open and honest discussion about racism in America, if we pulled that string the entire fabric of what you think America is would completely unravel. And the media knows this, and that's why they tread lightly on these issues, and they frame the symptoms as that's the actual problem. And that's the game they run. I mean, it is what it is. And I don't want to negate anybody's feelings. I don't want to negate anybody's hurt anybody's pain, anybody's anger, anybody's angst, anybody's anguish, any of that. All of that is justified and valued. So I I don't want to come across as if I'm doing that. But at the same point in time, I also can't deny the fact that right now in this country, it's in vogue to speak about social issues. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, it's good for the brand to come out and speak on social issues. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically, because I don't know what, what's in anybody's heart. And clearly, this situation has affected people in a way that I, frankly, haven't seen in a long time. I mean, when Rush Limbaugh and Pat Robinson are out here saying some shit, like, you know, that's does not compute in my brain. But the part that kind of, you know, really grinded my gears and pissed me off, it was yesterday. And everybody knows, Fabe is dead. We record these shows Wednesday evening. So yesterday they had what was known as a Blackout Tuesday. And you had all these corporations on their social media sites that their social media avatars were just black squares. And the reason that pissed me off is because really? You know, you motherfuckers are the motherfuckers that rigged the game you set the you and the bankers the corporations and the bankers that the true owners of this country you motherfuckers are the one that rigged the game you set the system in place with the inequality baked in it that created the conditions that led to what's happening right now and you have the audacity to come out here and and, and say some shit that's like if your killer shows up to your funeral to pay their respects and gives your hands your mother a bouquet of flowers. I can't believe you just really fixed your face to do that. Now, white people, I know all y'all aren't on that bullshit. And if you're really not on that bullshit and you really want to be an ally in this particular situation, might I suggest that you check out some of Tim Wise's writings. Or or watch some Jane Elliot videos, and Tim Tim Wise has some stuff up on YouTube as well, because you don't want to hear it coming from me. Because anytime we try to bring up these situations and these issues, you 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 call us race baiters, or you say we're playing the race card. Well, there's 52 guards in the deck, motherfucker, and I ain't do the dealings. I don't know what you want from me, but maybe it will be a little more palatable and make you less offended coming from somebody that looks like you and I'm not trying to be a dick about that like I'm, that's I'm honestly telling you how I feel and I think that that's a good thing if you do want to be an ally out here that's a good place to start and then we will go from there Um, black people my beautiful beautiful black people I, I know you're hurting I know you're angry I know you're feeling pain I know you're frustrated I know you're tired and you're justified in everything that you feel But we have to stop allowing ourselves to be led by our emotions because, see, that plays into the enemy's game plan. And I I, I don't want this to come across – well, before I say that, I'm going to say that's how somebody can manipulate you. If somebody is able to control your emotions and dictate your emotions, people can control you that way. And I don't want this to come across as if I'm – wagging my finger at or trying to down talk the, the protesters or the rioters or the uprisings, uprisings rather. that's not what I'm doing at all burn this shit to the ground, fuck it but after that then what see we have to get to a place where we're proactive instead of reactive and we can't do that as long as we're led by our emotions again burn the bitch to the ground but then what And we've got to get to a place where we start to come up and congregate and come up with some tangible solutions. I got plenty of them. All you got to do is DM me. I got you. But, and I understand certain whites, the rank and file whites, the whites that aren't really white, they're scared of seeing all this happen right now because, quite frankly, in their back of their mind, maybe even in their subconscious, they know how they would react if they were treated how black people are treated in this country. They would have been burnt this bitch to the ground. So they're always on the edge of their seats thinking that these chickens are about to come home to roost. So that scares them. But the real white people, the owners of this country and this world, quite frankly, the melon farmers that can make one phone call and totally change the trajectory of the stock market, they're not tripping on this. They're looking at you like, okay, let the baby have its bottle or Let the baby cry itself to sleep and throw its little temper tantrum. As a matter of fact, they want this to happen. They need this to happen. Out of chaos comes order. And everybody, under the sound of my voice, black, white, red, yellow, gay, straight, whomever you may be, we had an opportunity to get our shit together. We've had ample time to get our shit together. But see, uh, America as a concept has outlived its usefulness. And things are about to change. And this thing is going to be really different than what it was. But the powers that be can't do that without our cooperation. Because, see, if they tried to force some new shit on us, that would lead to actual revolts and actual revolution. And this is something that I've talked about on these airways before. Look it up. The Hegelian dialect. So in other words, I create the conditions, I create the divisions and the conditions that lead to the problems in order for you to come to me begging, begging for the solutions. That's what's happening now. And I mean, isn't it kind of Odd as nobody else thought it was kind of odd that just as the whole COVID-19 hysteria was starting to die down, this shit ramps back up again. R.I.P. to everybody that we lost, obviously we all want justice, but we also have to realize that we're all being played. Because it's just this powder keg of situations. Black people are already frustrated as is and then you got people that frankly are just tired of being in the house. So they're a little stir crazy and now you see the results and and you see what's happening. So playtime is over folks. And the America that you thought you knew, it doesn't exist anymore. So all, all I can say to you is you got any beef with your families tighten that shit up practice your second amendment while you still can because you know they're gonna try to take that away from us as well and and buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride and i hope some of that made some modicum of sense I, i don't know
2: i thought that was great chris
0: thank you man i appreciate that thank you very much i just, just you know because i I'm, I'm i'm hesitant to speak on these situations because i don't want to take my word i don't want my words to be taken out of context and that's why i talk so much because i saw tony over there he was trying to tell me to wrap it up a little bit no, but i, I just want to. that and, wasn't that <laughs> damn it I, I that was
2: that was more of a go on than a
0: wrap it up thank you that, that, that's all, man. But you, I, yeah, I just do wanted well. to. Well, you,
2: you didn't talk yourself in circles. I think you painted the picture very well because you you made it at least to me. You made it understandable from a objective point of view, regardless of color. As long as you have a a half functional brain, you could be able to you know deduce what you were saying. And the part that rang out the most to me was the fact that you were basically saying that. The governments play in both sides of the coin, even if you don't, if you're not aware of it. They they create the situation to make it look like it's out of their control, because as you said, chaos breeds order, and chaos also breeds perspective for people that you're demonizing or that are picking one side over the other. And I don't mean you, but just like whoever picks the side demonizes one side or the other. So rioters and looters. That's just going to be Republican fodder of, well, look at them, they're, they're animals, and this is how they react, yada, yada, yada. And it's going to feed into that, that narrative. Whereas, like you were saying, this is just a bunch of people that are just pissed off, frustrated, possibly stir-crazy because of the quarantine thing. But when you've been shit on for however many years— you know i'm just i'm not even gonna say like the 400 because nobody's 400 years old but you know you grow up with that kind of systemic oppression you grew up in that kind of kind of neighborhood and that that mentality of you know apathy or just being used to kind of eating off the table like the crumbs that fall off the table and just kind of being okay with it and then eventually somebody sparks up that idea of you know i want a little bit more and They don't always know the best course of action, but you have to do something. You have to do something to spark a change. Is it necessarily right? Is it necessarily wrong? I mean, right and wrong are kind of two sides of the same coin anyway, so you ask two people, you're going to get two answers. But something has to change. Something is in motion, much like you said. And you you broke it down very, very beautifully.
0: I I appreciate that, man. And, you know, like I said earlier, man, there are, it, it it it's it's the cool thing now to speak on social issues so don't get caught up in what you see on social media because there's going to be a lot of performance art on social yeah. media and i That's think we, I we, we give yeah and we give way too much credit to social media as far as the influence that it has does it have influence could it have more influence yes but look at the last year what we saw we we had the Bernie bros and we had the Yang gang and this and that and all of that. And at the end of the day, it was sleepy Joe Biden that ended up getting the nomination. So that should let you know right now that social media isn't quite as powerful and doesn't have the voice that you think it has or the reach that you think it has. And most people just lived in an echo chamber on social media anyway. Like, you know, the, the the timelines that I follow on Twitter, I try to follow some of everybody because I try to get everybody's perspective, and then I try to find the truth out of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's, I, I follow white supremacist accounts, you know what I mean? Not because I necessarily like them, but I'd like to hear all perspectives. And I think as an intelligent and thinking human being, we should all strive to do that. But, you know, obviously that's that's not what this is, man. We get entrenched in our linear ways of thinking. And it's just, all it is, it's just creating division. That's the bottom line. And now they're breaking us up into further and further subsections of groups and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to diss any particular group, but I think y'all know what I'm getting at. Like, they're just breaking us further and further down. Now we've been cooped up in the house for two, three months. So, you know, the social distancing thing. So we get further and further away. And... I, I I know you guys know this. I don't know if our listeners know this, but I'm also a certified life coach. And one of the things that I try to teach my, you know, my clients, the three tenets that I live my life by. Always do the next right thing. Always think about the other person. And always, always, always Maintain your humanity. I knew y'all was going to say oh. use your head. but the oh, third is maintain use your, your
2: head.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Maintain <laughs> your humanity. And right now, in these upheaval times, man, human beings, under the sound of my voice, our humanity is all that we're left with. And frankly, it's the greatest gift we have if we use it in that direction. But I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head <laughs>
1: yeah. what is
2: bro a
1: little bit of the bubbly. By the way, last week ever for Matt Riddle in the Wednesday Night War intro, currently no more a part of said Wednesday Night War. Thoughts on that before we get into the Wednesday Night War briefly, gentlemen?
0: I love it, man, yeah, after all that you know heavy shit, man, let's get back to the drunken shenanigans. I think Matt Riddle has an opportunity to be a huge star, and I've said that on this these airways before. There were three guys that I had my eye on down at n x t one was Velveteen dream, obviously, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, and I think Matt riddle he reminds me a lot of Kurt Angle, and when I say that, it's because well, obviously they're both legitimate badasses. But he seems like the type of guy that no matter what bullshit WWE throws him, he'll be able to knock it out the park. And Kurt Angle had that innate quality as well. No matter what goofiness they had him doing, he killed it every single time. And I think Matt Riddle has that quality as well. So it's going to be interesting to see him mix it up on the main roster.
2: My, my, uh, not problem, but aversion to the Matt Riddle thing would be, when Vince gets his hooks in too far and doesn't really want the stoner references anymore because it's supposed to be for kids. Cause part of the reason why RVD didn't really work out as well, aside from his own stupidity and getting caught with weed was just the fact that he didn't want to drop that 420 aspect from his character. And the whole, the whole bruiser bros was, you know, Pete done very straight man, straight facing, like, you know, Getting high and like you know weed references and you saw Matt Riddle freaking perk up like Scooby Doo like weed. (laughs) So like I don't think that's gonna fly on main roster with Vince and at that point if you water him down then what he's just the California equivalent of Cesaro and we see what Cesaro's done for like the last five years so. Is there upside? Yes. Is he going to have really good matches? Yeah, but so does Cesaro, and where is Cesaro in the card?
0: My counter to that would be the New Day, because the New Day, they have that innate ability as well. to They slip in their references here and there, and it's kind of a situation where if you know, you know. So I, I could see Matt Riddle playing similar, similarly, easy for me to say, on the main roster.
2: <laughs> I, I don't see him being as subtle Though, because New Day is very good with what they do, even when it's obvious, it's not heavy-handed. Like, I always remember that the uh, little scene they had after the sex tape came out, and you yeah. just see Biggie look at yeah. Xavier Woods and go, "X, is there anything you want to tell us?" And he goes, "Sunday at WrestleMania, or whatever the hell yeah. it was," <laughs> and it's like that. That's that's where it comes into all right. That's their wink. That's the nod to we know what happened. But here's staying on track. I don't know if Riddle's that clever or has that subtlety about him. That that's my I, concern.
0: And I think they threw in it it's a, a cold it's cold in hotel rooms in there or something like that. Also yes. Just, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. And I mean they need to bring up some new blood on that roster, especially since we don't know when Roman is gonna be back and who would you say is carrying SmackDown right now? Because, you know, obviously Zelina and Drew and MVP, they've been the pun intended MVPs of Raw during this whole situation. Who would you say is the MVP of SmackDown or who's holding it down on SmackDown like an amble on a seesaw? I mean, even I've been though he's only way. been there
2: two weeks, AJ,
0: it's got to be. And I've enjoyed the Sasha and Bailey dynamic as well. And some of the Braun and Bray stuff has been cool, but hey. I can't. Oh, Sonya Deville. That's who it is. She's been the oh, revelation. Okay, yeah, Not you're absolutely the one. right. Yes. That's the
2: one. Yes. So Sonya is awesome. Like, uh I wish I you played mean, for the other team if you get my drafts. Like, oh, I know you I'm, do. I'm so so mad about that. But that's, that's a different story. What are we talking about? The Wednesday Night War? Not 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 the Friday Night bore? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Um, Boy, how mad I, I'm are gonna, you?
1: Though? I'm going to send you guys a snapshot of Webster Marion's Dictionary defining brief. Well,
0: how mad are you, though? A type you, we, are of you underwear,
2: right?
1: No.
0: Are you, are you willing I'm just saying, are you willing to turn your P into a V to get on with Sonya?
2: No, but she's from Jersey. <laughs> so if if it's anything, <sighs> I like I know I know what Jersey girls think, and I'm just like, damn. So damn. the
1: Wednesday night war this she's week cute. ended with a contract signing so and a and title defense. Fantastic. Gentlemen, let's talk about
2: those shows. Charismatic now and just did you really see that Sonya was being held back just between behind that golden co- What? I oh, oh, wait the water where's... all the time. There yeah. we go. Okay. So yeah, Wednesday, today, that happened. Um, so I don't know. My my major takeaways honestly are Colt Cabana and Chris Jericho. That was a damn good match on AEW because Jericho impressed the shit out of me at literally one point, and then I was hooked for the rest of the match. And he did his lion salt, but he missed it and landed on his fucking feet. Like, he actually, it was buttery. And the the fact that he's 49 and still pulled that off, and then him and Colt had this, had a nice match. Colt didn't do too much goofy shit. And the way he hit the Judas effect when Colt Colt was doing his little funny kind of one foot on the middle turnbuckle turn around and be like, ah, now I'm gonna do this. And he showed that he knew Colt's thing by kind of leaving his feet up. So Colt could try to Superman and then catch him and roll through on the, the walls of Jericho. So I give Jericho a lot of credit because he seemed, he looked more athletic than he has in AEW. That might be a little bit of a shot, but we've all kind of made mention that he didn't really look like championship material lately. And he's gotten a little heavier, paunchy and weird spots and, and, this was a really good showing instead of his goofy bullshit. It actually showed he was still pretty damn impressively athletic, given the fact that the man's nearly 50 and they were both punctuated. Both shows were punctuated by a title match. You had the TV TNT, which is basically their TV title, you know, where it was jungle boy and Cody and Cody got color. And I don't, I, don't, I wasn't really a huge fan of that match. And uh, the cruiserweight hey, match NXT, hey, that
0: was nice. Can I just say real quick, man, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, fella. but I, I, yeah, I am so <laughs> sick of Rhodes boys bleeding on my goddamn television. It's been 30 years, guys. 35, probably. Let it go. You don't always have to bleed, fellas. I was the God thing.
2: It wasn't necessary, and I'm just like, oh, he's bleeding. Okay. But, you know, the Drake Maverick story with uh L- Ijo Del Fantasma, that was a good story. The match was actually pretty solid. And they even brought in the little weird luchadors that have been trying to, like, kidnap people. And, you know, Drake got a little ahead of himself trying to stop them and make it a clean match. And then he got caught. And at the end, it gets punctuated with Triple H giving him an NXT contract, which, much like we've speculated, more or less. And Max Holiday, when he was on the show with us, said it was a work. So Maverick's got his job. So was it a work? Most likely, but at least it was still a convincing enough story and Maverick sold it emotionally that I thought I thought it was pretty damn good for, you know, professional wrestling. So all in all, it's kind of a push. I didn't really prefer one show over the other, but I like the NXT main event more than the AEW main event.
0: Shout out to Drake Maverick, because, yeah, that was a really good storyline that they played out, and he sold it like a champ. And, you know, it's rare for a WWE storyline to have that type of depth, a non-main event storyline to have that type of depth, you know, recently in the last 10 years. So, yeah, I was really impressed with that. Yeah. and Mandy and Otis. That's a good oh, yeah, storyline as well. That's got yeah. Uh-huh. That's a good storyline as well. And sure. let me say this, man, because neither one of you can say it. And I, I don't know if you guys have seen the backlash on the internet, but y'all can't say it, but I'm going to keep it a bucket and a half. Private Party and the Street Profits, it's literally the exact same gimmick. Come on, man. Are you I, I know people that? get up in hand. Hey, what
2: you say? I said, are you back on that? And I'm only saying back on that because. Okay. This is me quoting you. Per. This is all oh, I'm using. It. But you, I remember at first when private party and uh, not private party, but street profits came up, you didn't like the gimmick because you said it was. I'm pretty sure your words were mad coonish, correct?
0: No, that that's my okay. Phone. My
2: phone. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just making sure that I wasn't misquoting you. or just saying shit to say shit, but. Why are you back on that? They're the same kind of together. Cause there was a brief point in time where you started seeing. Well, okay, so Street Profits started letting Montez kind of shine a little more, and they were a little more athletic, and they started kind of breaking apart from the. We're just fun-loving party guys with the, with the the uh, gregarious, outgoing kind of personalities. We're. Private parties never got out of the blocks, so why why are they the same thing to you now a few months down the line? Well,
0: did you see that – did you see the – what they did today with Matt Hardy when they were at the bar drinking and hanging out and Matt came up? Did you see that that No, I missed
2: that segment. Okay.
0: Okay. I was looking for the word. The word escaped me. I guess I I would say skit. Probably I should have said vignette, but it it was mad street. Yeah, it, either way, it was Mad Street profit Like, it's literally the same gimmick, and I know it's wrestling, so there's really only two gimmicks for black wrestlers. You're either the fun-loving, than you know, the fun lumber life of the party or you're the angry black guy that's just beating everybody's ass because you're the angry black guy. Like, that's all it is. Like in terms of their work, they couldn't be any further apart. You know, uh, the Street Profits, they really remind me of Harlem Heat, where they've got the one big guy that is super athletic and is able to do things that a guy his size shouldn't be able to do. And then you got the powerhouse heavy. Whereas the private party i see them more as a modern day rockers somebody that they're they're both smaller yeah. guys mm-hmm. they do have some charisma but they do a lot of quick and double teams they're super athletic and they they do cool moves does do those comparisons make sense with each team like are, yeah. i feel like those are their comps yeah
2: i, I but, agree granted angelo's not nearly as imposing as stevie ray but but build wise and everything yeah i agree, I agree.
0: Yeah, but yeah, gimmick wise, it's it, it is. It's it's literally the same gimmick. It, it is like y'all you gotta I'm gonna have like... to
2: find that segment then because I I didn't see it, so I wasn't really sure. Because, like I said, private party seems like they've been stuck for the last whatever it's been nine months. As that just you know what 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 do they say they they weigh like twenty four ounces of cranberry vodka or something like that. That's part of their <laughs> and and you know they're from a party near you or something like that. And it's like, or a place you can't get into. I, f- I forget what their intro is exactly. But, like, they, they've they doubled down on that whole party kind of gimmick, and they haven't branched out. They haven't evolved. Streep, pretty quick, from being the be goofy, let's hype up the pay-per-view or let's hype up the show, and then they had their little Saturday Night Live, you know, weekend update skit they did for uh, a week or two, and then they kind of became something else. So... I like I like the fact that Street Profits at least evolved, and you got to physically see the evolution, even in like two months on Raw, where Private Party... I mean, you put them with Joey Janela two weeks ago. Are you trying to fucking
0: bury them? Like, what the fuck are you doing with that team? It's not their fault they haven't evolved, because they haven't really had an opportunity to evolve. I mean, how long... I don't watch dark so maybe they were tearing it up on dark but as far as on the main show they really haven't been featured that prominently until hell they hadn't been featured at all until recently and even now they're not featured prominently <laughs> like i would I would much rather watch private Party than the young bucks you know they're coming back I'm a little disappointed in that because i'm I'm back out on the young bucks.
2: You know what part made me laugh the most about AEW? Which now that we're talking about it, it probably means NXT ranked a little higher for me. The third when part. they had the, et- huh? The third part? Almost, yeah, you're close. Because it was when Shivani interviewed FTR. And I think that actually might have been kind of the third part, depending on how you break it up. But when they both mentioned at some point the whole, this is the best tag team division. My fucking left nut, it's the best fucking tag team division. You had a number one contenders match with the best friends and what SCU? In your, no, it wasn't SCU, it was private party at the at the pay per view, right? On the kickoff show?
0: Yeah, yeah. Best private friends party, won yes, that.
2: Sir. But somehow, fucking some magical way, fucking Hot Topic 60-year-old fucking grandpa retard-ass fucking Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, who the only reason he's slightly over is because Penelope wait, Ford's fucking wait, hot as fire. Wait, wait, they get you... a tag match? They get a title no, match? No, stop, stop, stop. Fucking stop. Hangman and Omega?
1: We need, you to, we need you to describe Jimmy Havoc
2: again. A 60-year-old fucking retard hot-topic grandpa-looking-ass motherfucker. And Kip Sabian, who's only over because Penelope Ford is hot fucking fire, get a fucking title match against Omega and Paige? Like, why the fuck did you have a number one contender match if you were going to just be like, well, they're going to get their tune-up match before Fighter Fest, and we're going to try to make it seem like it's important. Fuck you. Jimmy Havoc couldn't even fucking help Kip Sabian win a fucking ladder match of fucking ridiculousness because... Brian Cage had to look strong. But what the fuck? Like, this tag division is complete shit aside from the, the Revival, the Revolt, FTR, whatever the fuck they want to call them. The Young Bucks, sure, they, they still put on good tag matches. I'm not going to use that against them because they've gotten better. And Paige and Omega know how to work, but they're not really a team, even the Revival FTR or whatever said that themselves and Pentagon and fucking Phoenix. You haven't seen them tagged together in fucking three months. So who the fuck knows what's going on there? So how the fuck can you have the best tag division in wrestling when your tag champs aren't a real fucking tag team? You're burying real tag teams. You don't see certain tag teams for two months and you give your champs a warm up match against nobody really of any import just because they've got a title match in two or three weeks.
1: I feel like the possible live return to television could really help AEW with the reaction from actual fans in the audience, much in the way that Vince kind of gauges the crowd from the back as well. I mean, think about how storylines can be much more driven. Hopefully they can learn from a few more things. I think they have a lot of great talent in that tag team division, but think about what WWE has on both sides of the main roster as far as the tag team division goes.
0: True, and... But- to be fair, I've been underwhelmed by AEW's tag division because I was one of those melon farmers that was saying that, yes, this has the ability to be the best tag division in all of wrestling. And yeah, it has been very underwhelming.
1: Case in point, if it's such a great tag team division, why are two guys together that aren't a fucking tag team, the champions so early in your company's history, uh,
0: tag team champions? Because that's the storyline. So they're, they're doing no, something. It's they're because trying to elevate it, Hangman yeah, Page. But,
1: uh, don't need those tag team belts to elevate hangman page
0: yes they do because eventually uh, they're going to lose them because please. one is going to turn on the other and then that's going to you want to know what elevates storyline. hangman page when you go at the go home show on AEW
1: and you're promoting the stampede match out in the stadium stampede and the only words he, he says is,
2: Y'all get." What? yeah No. no no that wasn't what put him over stop it because A lot of people did complain early that they thought Paige was going to win the initial title because they wanted. oh, well, if you're going to be different and push new people, then Paige should win. But why would you do that? Those people are stupid. Those people are
0: fucking morons.
2: I agree with you because Jericho's the name. He's the one that would get eyes. He's the one that would get ratings. And Paige's problem was that nobody really knew who the fuck he was. And now... Him being in the tag division isn't a problem. It does elevate him. It keeps him relevant. It keeps him fresh. It gave him time for him to flesh out a character and get over with a gimmick. That's fine. But when you're touting your company as having the best tag team wrestling and the best tag teams, and your second champion is not a tag team, and they're beating established tag teams or you're splitting up established tag teams for no fucking reason. Like when they had Pentagon and Phoenix doing single stuff, and then now Pentagon's like stuck in Mexico because of quarantine. That's not even the point.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. When in the bloody hell did Kip Sabian and Opioid Epidemic become an established tag team?
2: I like a month ago because they're both British and Kip Sabian said he's his best friend. And, you know, when you're British you, and, you know, you know, people, you know each other. It's fine. It makes sense. Maybe they met each other like behind like a methadone clinic at some point, you know, trying to like help each other out. <laughs> Penelope was working that corner and then she liked Kip because he was cuter. But Jimmy was just kind of the tagalog because he had the drugs. So it, it, it was good. That that that's that's their their Breaking Bad kind of dynamic, right they there. They got together
1: for all their heroes at the methadone clinic. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. They no, did. they 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 use Penelope to get the drugs on the uh, Sunny side of the game, and if you know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, the 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 speculation that we've heard.
2: Well, let's not bring Sunny up because Sunny's really digging for any kind of p- relevance nowadays burying everybody and anyone, so let's not give her any kind of mention, because she's fucking scum at the moment.
0: <laughs> oh, don't act like you didn't go to her OnlyFans, motherfucker. I know you. you I mean, he, unless he... she had one in 1996. Does
1: he, does, he, does he cause chaos and rock like Amadeus? Amadeus, Amadeus.
0: Amadeus. Poor Sonny.
2: God, I mean, I fuck Sonny, before had that Sonny, same thing. That's a good song. Shit, we need that. That would be a good segue song, just to Amadeus, Amadeus, Amadeus. For no reason, we've got nothing else to say. Have you, the, have you ever
1: seen the movie?
0: Of yes. course I've seen the it's movie, a fantastic yeah. fucking movie. I wouldn't go that far. They took a lot of liberties with the story, but...
2: Who was alive to tell you if it happened or not? <laughs> 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 I took liberties like your fucking ass there I no, no, was our no. second I know everything I used to wipe his ass and clean his keys <laughs> Alright, thank I'm, you, Chris
0: <laughs> saying, From historical documents Salieri and Mozart They weren't rivals They were friendly competitors And even collaborated on some music From time to time I'm not saying, I'm just saying like From historical documents, they were cool I don't know. Nas and Jay-Z were cool eventually, too, but we liked it better
2: when they hate each other.
1: <laughs> the lines drawn, the assumptions made, the proclamations, and the overall yarn work that could be put together to map this show out is impressive. Let me tell you, pot is war. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys, my friends.
0: All right, so fair. So in the year 5000, if we're still here as a species and they do the uh, ether which would be the Amadeus of its time <laughs> perhaps. And they take liberties with the story. Okay. All right, fine. Cool. All right. Cool. Before, Easter, before, we,
1: before we hit the commercial break, I just want to specify the peaks are the times we're not talking about wrestling. <laughs> the valleys are the times we're talking about. wrestling. <laughs> Promotional consideration paid for by the following the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services using the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. Pins, stickers, illustrations, AngryLemonade.net.
0: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
1: Official theme song for NXT in your house 2020, gentlemen. The card looks really good. Champa, Cross, Flair, Ripley, Shirai, Valorant Priest. Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano. We got a six woman tag match, and Adam Cole Bebe against
0: Ow. Velveteen Dream. I don't know. It's, it's better when it, it the music, and you just
2: say something like, "I want to put my chocolate into your cream donut." You
0: know? I thought that's what he was gonna do.
2: <laughs> it took him a minute. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Let me deposit my creamy nougat and lick your funky emotions. Yeah. That sounded sexual. You dip my peanut butter in your chocolate, but it's all good, because I want to dip my chocolate in your peanut butter.
1: Reese's sorry, not sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> How to somehow make that song not sexy with PC Tony, everybody. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What
1: No! Damn it! Lil John never said no, so I don't know how to fucking emphasize that one. Sure as hell don't want to say yeah. I'm, I'm,
0: and it's I'm not okay. Okay, so blank. Damon Wayans in the Great White Hype. I want them calves though. Yeah, we still got them calves. Yeah, but Tony looks like the Great White Hype.
2: Is that, that that's how I'm good. I'm tan what right now. Looking? This is
1: kinda of, I'm getting kinda of tan. All, All right, right fine. Ooh,
2: then ooh. how about Woody Harrelson from When Men Can't Jump? <laughs> there we <laughs> go. Tunney T- 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 Har- the Great f- White. Hype. <laughs>
1: Dude, I could I could whoop Woody Harrelson's ass in basketball and Wesley Snipes too, probably. Yeah, no, well, yeah, definitely. That's,
0: not, that's easy. You clearly saw Wesley ain't yeah, never ain't, played no ball. Look, yeah,
1: athletic,
0: yeah, yeah, Come on, man. That's true. Hey, hey. that's true. Yeah, Woody, I could buy. Wesley, no. a great movie, but no. Yeah, Woody seems like he could be sneaky athletic.
2: What is a quince?
0: Not athletic, just could play ball. What is a quince?
1: <laughs> No, Ooh, Billy, come back. You, I want Billy Billy Billy, Billy come back. That's I want a school. Billy come back I want a school. <laughs> uh bring man. back some Duitos. Mike Tyson's here.
2: Rosie Perez, man. Shut that's funny.
0: Shout out to Rosie Perez from White Man Can't Jump, man. Oh, she I drank vodka. Perez. I mean and she, learn this information. That's uh, basically in my to life. Shout out
2: her in that, that Harley Quinn movie that just came out a few months ago, too, because she still looks pretty damn good for her age. They put her in, like, a little corset bustier type thing, and the girls still talk, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Rosie. Oh, yeah. They, Rosie, I mean, come over. You you know, know, I want
2: Jake... to <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll bring the ice cubes. So All she has to do is bring the bustier.
0: Hot <laughs> <laughs> <of> as <laughs> war. Ice oh, cubes nice. and
1: bustiers. <laughs>
0: You know, we uh, uh, and uh, Sophia Vergara kind of stole her lane, but yeah, that fastball can still get up to the upper nineties. Let's oh, not yeah. get it twisted. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's. I guess let's kind of at least touch on what the initial topic was. So, you know, yeah. I'm picking EO, and you're going to definitely pick Keith Lee. Uh, aside from that, where are we going not with? <laughs> <each> other, <sir. laughs> They're not fighting each other, okay? Well, no, I mean, I'm picking Io with that one match, and you're definitely picking Keith Lee in that other match, because we know how this goes. So, now let's just talk about other stuff. Well,
1: here's here's what is really needed to be talked about, because regardless of whether or not Gargano beats Lee, I think think we're going to see a return match between those two guys. I think we'll maybe start a feud there. I think that's good for Keith Lee his character to get over Gargano.
2: Over under exactly how much clothing Scarlet Bordeaux is going to be wearing? Is that what you're going at? Because I'm assuming not a lot, and I'm okay
1: with that. I think you covered everything we needed to know about that match.
0: I think the big thing <laughs> is,
1: is Charlotte. She's
2: going to pull off
0: the it, Rosario Dawson from the Sin City guard. That's what Scarlett's oh, coming out Charlotte in. Charlotte Flair, Adam
1: Cole, who retains, who doesn't? Do they both retain? They both not.
0: Are they there? They're wrestling each other. Like, like Ball said, EO, I, Sharona, and Keith Lee are fight. You just said, Charlotte. I said, Charlotte, it, and I said you know, I'm picking
2: EO and I know you're picking Keith in the respective match. Come on, follow the gimmick, will Folks, if and you? If you Google the hardest go jobs in there.
1: America, uh, moderating Potter's War won't come up on there, but it it, it should. <laughs>
0: So basically, ladies and gentlemen, what Balls just said is that he has an Asian fetish and I'm black. So those are contradictory. <laughs> that well,
1: could be a title. So well, to be fair, that.
2: be fair. I said the same thing.
1: But it's more. I have an Asian Asian fetish and he's black. <laughs> That's the best title ever. That might beat out our old best title. I have an Asian fetish and he's black. Pod is war. I'm ready <laughs> to is war. I even wrote game. it out with the capital P capital O capital D lowercase i lowercase s capital W capital A capital R cuz this is happening Fistword
2: title we figured out the formula it just this has is, to involve a I'm
1: going to get a bad grade when I post this uh, on my title
2: that, that's an, fine
1: I have an Asian but fetish
2: Forward. So, All titles would need to involve Asian and black somehow, because the last one was Yellow Orton and the Negro Butcher, and that was apparently the best one we had before this one. So if this one does well, we figured it out.
1: So it's it's pot is war, I have an Asian fetish, and he's black.
0: I mean, to be fair, that's literally the synopsis of the show. Yeah, kind of, it is yes. Yeah. I...
2: <laughs> well, then we. Get, and then, then.
1: Well, that's that's two thirds of it, I think. And then there's the cooking side. Because we all love food. Like, I mean, like, if, if there's anything that bonds us together, it's wrestling and food. So
2: we continue with it. Alcohol. Well, oh, it and alcohol. Oh, and alcohol. That's
1: food. That's food. That's consumption. I don't know. Oh, fucking. <laughs>
0: Speaking of That's Assumption, fuck, Lemonade. Yeah. Head to
1: angrylemonade.net.
2: <laughs> That's a decent plug. Good job, Tony. Oh, shit. Now, is the any, it exactly, though, Chris? Or is is that just good? We good there?
0: No, you were you were fairly spot on. Yes, uh, you were spot on there. I'm not going to lie. I had to give you shit about it, but, you know, I didn't say you were lying. I didn't say you were dishonest <laughs> in your Assumption.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we
0: don't. But I'm, I'm, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna go 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 say I'm, I am looking forward to the uh, th- this Killer Cross Ciampa match. I think this has an opportunity to be a really good match, and obviously Champa is gonna put him over very strong because you know that's a hot ass act right now. Uh, yeah, I think Keith is gonna go over. I'm interested to see what happens in the main event with Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Number one, what is this match? What did they call it? A, a did they call it a backlot brawl or what is it? A parking lot pimping or what? What's, what's the what's the stipulation for this match? Do you remember? I know one of
2: the stipulations is the fact that if Velveteen loses, then he can't challenge while Adam Cole has it. So he he's basically done challenging Cole. So that makes me kind of think that Velveteen's probably gonna go over, but the actual name of the match is Last Chance Backlot Brawl.
0: Okay, so I was kind of close. Shout out to Stone IPA. Get out the camera. Yeah, I think that Velveteen goes over here, but because I feel like if he doesn't go over, I think that kind of does irreparable damage. Easy for me to say. I think that does a lot of damage to his character, which I don't know if he can rebound from. Uh, we talked about it off air a few weeks ago that I finally saw the... Uh, the uh, I was about to call it the Welcome to Hollywood. The Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Andrew, do you remember that scene towards the beginning of the movie where the Al Pacino character is trying to convince the Leonardo DiCaprio character to come over to Italy and make some spaghetti westerns? Yes, I do. Okay, so you remember where they were sitting there at the bar talking, and he said, you know, you're losing to this guy on the TV, you're Mm -hmm. losing to that guy on the TV. So eventually, if people see you lose enough, eventually, subconsciously, the audience is going to see you as the loser. And I think that happens a lot in wrestling because, yeah, obviously the matches don't count but wins and losses do. And if you see a mother farmer continuously lose subconsciously, you're going to look at that guy as a loser or that gal as a loser. So I think they're they're kind of running that gambit with Velveteen. Plus, he lost a little bit of steam between the co- COVID-19 and the injury. I feel like that character has lost a little bit of steam. Now, I he's only 24 years old. So conceivably Mm -hmm. he could sit down in developmental for another two or three years until they work out all the kinks. And by the time he goes up to the main roster, he's a well oiled machine, but this will be the third time that he is challenged for this title. And if he loses for the third time, I don't know. I don't think that's good for the character. I see your point.
2: I do. And, you know, to continue the Asian fetish, I could say mm-hmm. that that Japanese wrestling loves to frame the underdog story of having someone lose multiple times through tournaments or through championship challenges to finally get over it. Like, I'm pretty sure Sonata finally beat Okada in the G1, and that was his sixth or seventh attempt. So he was literally 0 for 6 against Okada, and they kind of framed it as Okada always beats him, we know how this is going to go, and the fact that it came down to the... like last 15 seconds of time limit, and then he finally got the the win, that was a big moment for him. Granted, yes, they don't do that in American wrestling too much. People don't have the attention span for it necessarily. But the only argument I could make about keeping the belt on Cole, how, how strong do you think the rumors are of Cole possibly jumping ship to AEW? And do you think keeping the belt on him could be leverage to keep him in NXT. Does that really matter? Oh, so well, it matters well, when you come down to a book and a card. Does well, it, no, does it really plan, matter man. whether
1: Cole leaves to go to, I mean, isn't the whole undisputed era kind of thing played out already? I mean, are we ready to move on from Adam Cole? Baby.
2: Why would we be ready to move on? Were you ever ready to move on from Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen? Was that played out? Because that went on for thirty years. Undisputed Era has gone on for like three. And Cole's like, what, 28, 29? He's still young. He's still got a decade plus and in, in I game. I should
1: I should play that back for you from now on instead of butt chugging. You just compared Undisputed Era to the Four Horsemen.
2: They are the Undisputed they are the Four Horsemen of the current generation of you know of fans. Yes. There's a whole difference in the way they they carry one and carry themselves and carry each other. But when you look at the wrestling fan of today and you look at the wrestling fan of the eighties, that's pretty much exactly what you're getting. You know, the four horsemen were the blue collar tough motherfuckers who beat the shit out of you in the bar, whoa, in the ring, whoa. anywhere.
0: There was nothing blue collar. They were silver spooned. They weren't blue-collar. blue collar. They co- were silver spooned.
2: Arn and Oli
0: always came off a little more they came off
2: blue collar. Rick was the hoity-toity silver spoon one, to me. At least, that's how I always kind of took it. When they were in WCW, then it was a little more of a silver spoon thing, because he had Mongo, and he had his money to throw around from football, and that's really the only reason he was in there, and Benoit and Malenko were just technical, and Flair was Flair. But my point is, at least in the 80s, when I watched those matches, they were supposed to be the blue-collar tough guys who would just whoop your ass and Kinda of, kinda of gang mentality, biker gang, that kind of thing. Undisputed Era, they're a bunch of dorks. They're you know, five ten, six feet tall at the most. They got decent builds to some degree, but they like video games, they like dorky shit that a lot of the current fans do. So that's relatable to current fans. And the Four Horsemen was relatable to current fans back then. People held up the Four because it was cool to do and you knew what that meant. People do the UE thing because it's cool and you kind of know what that means. It's the same thing with the Two Sweet with the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks. It's just, it's a demographic perspective.
0: Well, this is the thing, man. This is where you fucked up. I'm going to tell you where you fucked up because I was ready to agree with you that the Undisputed error is this generation's four horsemen they're the closest thing to the four horsemen that we have going in wrestling right now but then you called the four horsemen blue collar and i don't know too many blue collar melon farmers that are limousine riding and jet flying which they were actually doing as a shoot as i'm not saying i'm just saying that was uh,
2: lair. but okay continue because cole cole puts himself ahead of the other three too So the other three aren't exactly the same as Cole, and Flair was the leader for a reason. And I don't really think you would ever call Ole Anderson fucking limousine riding silver
0: spoon (laughs) fed. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Oli got paper low-key. Like, he's good right now. But, no, 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 but that's neither here nor you there. I'm gonna I go where I'm <laughs> going. I, I get that, but no, I just want to get to what the fuck I'm saying before PC or you cut me off, and I forget what the fuck I was gonna say <laughs> about Adam Cole winning the title and poss- or possibly or retaining the title or possibly going to AEW. I don't see that shit happening, man. I saw what y'all saw. There, were, there was video footage at the AEW Memorial Day picnic. They had footage of Adam Cole there. That wasn't shit, but the his ladies he was it it was a significant other going to his ladies work function that shit happens every day like that's yeah that's nothing he's not leaving wwe because i think that undisputed error will eventually have some sort of run on the main roster because there's there's a lot of trade on that tire there's a lot you can do with that and the fact that they are smaller guys but they function so well as a unit i think that you you can do a lot with that on the main roster, so I don't think he's going anywhere. You snap the picture of a dude at a work, at his lady's work function. Y'all gotta relax, okay? Y'all got to goddamn fucking relax.
1: The undisputed. Don't get me wrong. I'm I, I enjoyed their work, but <coughs> excuse me, they'd be best served in New Japan, in, in my opinion.
2: I think they'd just be one of the same, though, in New Japan, because Adam Cole was already part of the Bullet Club at some point. Uh, O'Reilly and Fish, when they were Red Dragon, were loosely affiliated with like Chaos and stuff like that. So it's. Well, that's my point. They already have history.
1: They already have a history, so they could come in and betray some of that history by bringing that group in there.
2: I get what you're saying. I just, I feel like WWE needs that group a little more than like a New Japan does because New Japan has others that look like it. WWE gets a lot of flack for being a bunch of old white people doing old white people thoughts and retreading stuff from the 90s or the 80s. And you need to have younger people to appeal to the current demographic or the younger demographic or the, the smart demographic whatever whatever words you want to throw out there just to try to draw in <clears throat> younger newer fans who might find them cool
0: all right i don't think anybody's gonna find them cool but <laughs> gentlemen I I mean, a, a we're, we're on the older S- side of the Speaking game of, we ain't gonna
2: find them cool for that reason you have something important to say 18, play, i don't right? know.
0: I I was just going to ask both you guys, man, before we wrap this up, man, on a scale of one to ten, how looking forward to you are, I totally butchered what I'm saying, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. How much are you both looking forward to, shut up, how much are you both looking forward to in your house, NXT in your house, because on a scale of one from ten, I would say a nine, because... It's rare that NXT doesn't deliver on one of their pay per views, and I don't think this is going to be any different.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna temper that because NXT has bothered me a little more than it has other people in recent history with some of the pay per views. So I'm gonna go seven or eight. I do see it as a really good angle to put the belt on EO, and I think that's long overdue because. I loved the video package they showed tonight, where you know you had everybody from Pat McAfee to Peter Rosenberg to other people actually in the industry putting her over for how good she is. Like, I think Natty was one of the main ones that talked about her, and between the couple injuries here or there that slowed her down, the heel turn, and then heels kind of being at the top anyway, so it was weird to try to try to push her, taking it off of Rhea, putting it on Charlotte, and then having eo beat like maybe Rhea to take the belt i think that's fine that builds a great feud and it's a good way to not have to just bring up the question of well let's just argument say Rhea wins why'd you take that offer in the first place i think this is just the perfect spot to put the belt on eo so everybody can kind of rejoice that eo finally got crowned so to speak
0: and just to keep the gimmick going, yes, Keith Lee wins, Velveteen Dream wins, and that women's triple threat somehow, some way, Bianca Belair runs in
2: and but she can't. she's up raw. She don't even go there no more.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, let me give you my opinions on all of this, on the DWI podcast this week. Make sure you check that out only on the Chairshot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out TheChairShot.com Breaking news from the world of professional wrestling Over 20 plus superstars were released from their contracts amidst the ongoing global pandemic Their fate currently remains unknown We will be closely monitoring the situation And we wish them all the best in their future endeavors, future endeavors, future endeavors. endeavors. That must feel, that must be what it feels like to give a reach round to somebody. Andrew, there you go. Impact. Like you don't know.
2: Yeah, Coaches double XL. That's not just the size of the shirt, right there, buddy. Whoa. Anyway,
0: so hey, how'd uh, you how'd you start on the basketball team, Tunny? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he got that good snap in his wrist. That's what it is. But it's <sighs> a, a jump shot. Jump and shot. That's what I'm talking about. Um. Here. So for those that don't know, that was the sound to the little clip that played yeah. after. After Impact on Tuesday night, promoting Slammiversary on July 18th, I believe. And it happened to be an interesting TV segment where it showed clips of all of the released, or not all of the, but a good portion of the released WWE talent, kind of hinting that maybe some of them are coming over to Impact, where you had a Bulgarian flag. You did see Rockstar Spud, which, as we know now, that's not going to happen. But that was footage they had when he was in TNA. They showed EC3. They showed Luke Gallows, who was part of Aces and Eights and, you know, was there for a little bit. Interestingly, they also showed, I believe it was Hawkins and also uh, Anderson, Carl Anderson, which he was never in Impact, And I'm pretty sure that was New Japan footage they showed. And maybe that was something to do with the whole Access rights. Maybe Access had something to do with that. So it's interesting how they're kind of implying that maybe we'll see EC3 again, or maybe maybe the Good Brothers at Slammiversary. And you also had somebody watching the television, so maybe it's just one of them. Maybe it's none of them. But it's a really good tease, and it's a really good way to kind of steep the topic into reality because it even kind of poked at the whole they released 20 wrestlers during a pandemic like they made sure to hit those words right there to kind of just play on the social as- social justice aspect of the game of how could you fire people during a pandemic when nobody can work anyway blah 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 so I think it was pl- pretty clever marketing and you did see quite a few people that aren't normal impact kind of marks share that and it, it got a decent bit of buzz on Twitter. Chris, did you see this at all? How do you feel about it?
0: I I did. As PC leaves and makes a bunch of noise, because clearly we're not recording a podcast right He's very now. Good at, yes. Yeah, he does that a lot. But yeah, I saw it and I thought it was great. I, I thought it was very well done as far as who it could be a tease for. Just kind of breaking it down. I I would be surprised if it was the Good Brothers because I know one of them, <clears throat> excuse me, actually lives out here in Georgia. So, you know, Georgia oh. to Jacksonville, which is where AEW is based out of, that's a lot closer drive than having to go and tape up in Canada or Canada with um, Impact. So I, I would be surprised for that. Same thing with uh, the Rusev tease, because I, I don't know what type of money impact is throwing around right now, but I don't think it's AEW money, and Rusev p- could probably go to AEW and easily make six figures. So I I don't know about that, and make the bigger impact. <laughs> EC3 piqued pe- my interest, but I, I think because they did throw Rockstar Spud, a.k.a. Drake Mavic, in there, I, I don't know if it's going to be any of the guys that they teased. But if it's not any of the guys that they teased, who the hell else is left out there? That is
2: a good question, especially because we know from the uh, AEW pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, Brian Cage is now on AEW, so he's not going to be coming back to Impact, even though that was kind of leaked a few months ago. He then got hurt, and then nobody really knew what his status was because he had a biceps (sighs) injury. And... We also have to remember that when Jericho was doing the free agent thing and not 100% sure he was signing up for AEW, he did put Impact over for giving him a, I'm pretty sure he either used the word healthy or respectable offer. Like, he considered it for a second. So, Impact's got a little more money than people like to give them credit for, and Good Brothers would maybe have to rebuild themselves a little bit, because... WWE didn't do them any kind of favors, really. It's not like Hawkins or Ryder would really be demanding a a shitload of money. Maybe Heath Slater to go back with Rhino. Because, you know, Slater's got kids, and we could always play that one back with the Impact spin. And, yeah. And then, well, I I don't even think they showed him. But then, of course, he also got Eric Young. Eric Young was released, and he'd be perfect to go back to Impact because... I don't think they ever left on bad terms and I think he just wanted to see if he could make it in, you know, the WWE and we see how that turned out. Yeah. EC3 we also know my my feelings on him where he was he was the top guy at the worst point in the company so what does that really say about him? But he's got to look. I'm like he's not terrible, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure if he's going to really demand or command a lot of money either on the open market cuz What's he done for the last three years? At the same time, EC3
1: was in a feud with the man who's the WWE champion right now, at his peak of being on Impact. Right?
2: That is true. EC3 was did have his own feud with Galloway at Galloway at the time McIntyre. Now, just because I
1: ain't want to talk about it, don't mean I don't know, folks. I'm
2: I'm proud of you because that was the dark period. That was like 2016, 2015 era. So, because you Arrestling know, Galloway journalism. also had a match, Hashtag match.
1: #Journalism, right, Platt?
2: There you go. <laughs> well, no, that that's not a
0: positive thing. <laughs> it's not. You you're just burying yourself. So yeah, that's Quit while help. you're behind, okay? Yes. Quit while you're behind, Coach. Okay. Sometimes but, you, you know, like being behind. But know, you know, behind. that was
2: still. I'll give I'll give you some points. You you did have a little bit of insight there, so good good for that one. But I don't know. We'll 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 see. I like I like the tease. I like the fact that they used common knowledge, general knowledge, whatever you want to say, and used the footage that they had the access to for things. And it's clever how many of them show up. Maybe one, maybe none, maybe a couple. But Impact's been really good with their big pay-per-views. So assuming that quarantine is done by the time July 18th hits, or at least mostly done, and they could fill maybe at least half of the arena or whatever the restrictions are, I think we're gonna be in for something kind of important because they've already started bolstering the the knockouts division, because the knockouts picked up quite a few people from Kimberly and Kylie Ray and Neveah and a few others. So like there there there's some strength there. And the, and Tasha Steeles was another one they recently picked up. So this is this is all good stuff.
0: She's low key a cutie too. Tasha Steele. Shout out to her.
2: Oh, she is, yeah. And the the fact that they paired her with Kira Hogan,
0: I that's perfect. I'm a happy that's boy. perfect. But yeah, I, you know, one thing that I always appreciated about T N A slash Impact is that they didn't insult the fans' intelligence. They they talked about where Melon Farmers came from and where they worked previously to that, as opposed to the W W E universe where they just they they talk about people. Just everything in very outside of that terms.
2: insulted all of our intelligences. Yes. Or everything is Japan. <laughs> well, he ends yeah. up in Japan. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: For and, and for all we know, he could have been a goddamn uh, teppanyaki chef in Japan. The way they talk about it,
1: <laughs> it's very. Was funny. that was that at Tokyo Three K's
0: restaurant? How would you know about Tokyo Three K's restaurant? It's
2: the signature dish of the Tokyo Three K <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> He's got two but, yo, it was yeah, over in New York City. It's wonderful. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it was well, very well done, and shout-out to Impact for making a little bit of noise, and, yeah, I'll be interested to see who it is. I don't think it's going to be anybody that was mentioned in the video. I think it's going to be a totally new character, although I could see a, a thing where EC3 goes back or uh, Eric Young, who you brought up previously, but... I, I think it's gonna be somebody that wasn't mentioned, but the only, th- the, but the only problem with that is when I think about it, everybody that got released, who else got released that's gonna be appear on Impact? Like Lance Storm ain't wrestling anytime soon, so who else could it be? Oh, real quick, I also did forget that they've just run a
2: couple promos last two weeks. Deanna Parrazzo's going to Impact. You're so sorry.
0: yeah, but that's not who they were talking about.
2: No, it's it's not because I don't think they showed any women on the on the teaser because they've already kind of bolstered the knockouts. But I'm just saying, they're, they're spending a little bit of money. They're throwing money around. Everybody wants to herald AEW as the, the company with the heart because they're giving all the indie guys fucking matches on Dark. But Impact's throwing some money around too and giving people jobs. So
0: that's the if If it was Deanna Purrazzo that all these vignettes were for, that's like, somebody farting in the middle of a hurricane it's like okay yeah you farted and it stinks but we got some other shit some bigger shit going on right now okay
2: so aside from the good brothers who's the biggest one you think they could pull in because ec3 is big in the impact kind of universe but it's not like he's fucking you know hulk hogan or like fantastic so who do you think is the biggest name aside from the good brothers
0: that's who I'm looking at because in that world he Rusev. kinda is Hoke Hogan. I don't think Rusev's going there, man. Rusev's going to AEW or maybe he starts acting or something, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure.
1: Why couldn't Rusev make some money uh hitting here there in the other place and then go to AEW? AEW would probably like that.
0: Because there is no here, there, and the other place right now. We're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. He
1: can go do Slammiversary, then he can go do an ROH their first show back, then he can go do NWA first show back, and then while he's super hot, he comes over to AEW.
0: I know how to end this topic. What if it's Del Rio? Okay, Andrew's going to agree burned, with me. That was He burned his bullshit. bridge
2: with Impact. Yeah, but he I, I, he burned he burned his br- bridge with uh, Impact anyway. So no. Didn't they show the Bulgarian flag on the tees? They did. You are correct. They did show the Bulgarian flag on the tees.
0: This is what happens when you leave and go do whatever you do while we're talking, because we brought all of these things up, sir. Mm-hmm. I Sometimes, to, I hey, pee. hey, 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 how about you, you sit here and listen to the show that you're editing? What, what's wrong with that? Why don't you just appreciate what happens? <laughs>
1: I just struck silence with the f-
0: hey! You think you know me. I am
2: silly. I feel tension rising. High emotions in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Not a chance to chase and dream. Not a chance to feel. Chance
1: to feel I want everybody to get hyped up for this. That's why I created said montage. The greatest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> tell me, you boys are. Oh, day, tell I me. Stay clear, like. <laughs> Yo, man, can we appreciate Edge's theme song? Like, that's an actual Can't, good song. Like, if that shit came on the radio, I would be rocking out to that. That's a good know. ass song. Bur- burning God, My yeah, Light God, is still, God, like, yeah,
2: legitimately it. my favorite wrestling that's, song. That's Mark Trimani, right? He's the guitarist. It was Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge and Creed. Yeah. Yes. So you're, you're correct. That's not the guy singing, but he, uh, he's the guitarist. But, well, right. Whoa, but whoa, I mean, whoa, that's, whoa, the,
0: whoa, whoa. that's the that's whoa, the collateral whoa. storyline. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Sure, whoa. it could be, if we wanted to take it that way. But, okay, what are you woeing about, sir, over there? You like Creed? Early. Is, wait, first two
1: albums. First two albums.
2: Okay, well, I didn't go that. Way. I just know things. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> I just never pictured you as a as a Creed guy. Ooh, yeah, me or me, good, to be fair. You, you, see? you! I don't you, like. No.
1: Creed. I'm talking about. What the, what the hell I is uh, I seen Creed. Guy. I seen Creed for free at Summerfest. The world's to, I'm greatest a Creed
2: guy. Bullshit.
1: I seen Creed for free at Summerfest in 1997. Uh, the world's largest Wait, music you, festival in the world.
2: You, you saw Creed at SummerSlam that year that Jeremy Piven fucked up <laughs> the name?
1: Ari Gold, maybe Ari Gold. <laughs> I'd like to get a run at Mrs. Ari Gold, let me tell you right now. Hey, okay. folks, I get no respect.
2: But, I like My Own Prison as a song from Creed, but I don't really like Creed as a band. Alter Bridge was a better band. is no, a good guitarist, though. So no. I can't argue yes. argue him. Yes. I, I just no, no, and yes, yes.
0: That, man, you're... You're a little more anarchist for the uh, sanitized Christian rock of Creed. I just oh no! But yeah, listen to the
1: first album. It's it, the first album is is a really hard
0: rocking album. Is it? Can yes. we talk about how back Christian rock is? It's like it's not. Uh, it's not
1: a. It's <laughs> it is, but it's not. You you you've never listened to the whole album, have you?
2: Skillet. It's Skillet's not.
1: All I have no. To say. It's oh gosh. All right, here we go. Yeah, That's fine. This is you guys are you guys are picking on the guy who threw clutch in out of nowhere? Like you're picking on me? Like, come on now. What basis do you have?
0: Because you just said you were a Creed fan. That's the Hmm. basis we have.
1: A lot of people will tell you the first album.
0: First, did you say you like Nickelback?
1: No. A lot of people will tell you the first Creed album is really good. (laughs) My own prison is really good.
0: All right. All right. Okay. All right, cool.
2: I'll vouch for this song. I haven't heard of the, the whole album because it's Creed and I don't really dabble in that too much. Hey folks, but... I wonder how
1: many songs are on My Own Prison from Creed because that's how many of the next episodes are going to get opened by Creed on this Pod is War.
0: Are you trying to get me to quit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just trying to get you to bury him for the next like 10 weeks or however the fucking many songs are on there.
1: Speaking of the greatest wrestling match ever. Randy Orton and Edge. I hope you enjoyed the montage and not the argument over whether or not
0: Creed's My first album
1: was any good.
0: Fucking, Praise low. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> this is crap on a stick. <laughs> uh, that,
0: that, that's it? That was a horrible segue. Well, you've been fucking with me but... for the last
1: ten minutes, asshole.
0: I've been fucking with you for the last five years, or however long we've known each other. (laughs) I know, and
1: I keep coming back for more every time.
0: (laughs) is yes. What? Why? Why? All of a sudden, you got your panties in the bunch for the last five minutes. Well, then you? stop you picking on me. You need these cranberry juice. You got to die. How dare right. you good disrespect
2: good. the first two albums of Creed? Good we have for you guys. No, line is... like
1: I said. Now the second, the second album wasn't that great. There was a couple good
2: Tony's line is like, don't talk shit about Aaron Rodgers or Creed. The first two no, albums. I'm, like... I'm, just <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just
1: like, second up for my musical. <laughs> Listening,
0: sure. <laughs> the, We found the line, ladies and gentlemen. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is, this, I'm going to borrow
1: a line from DWI Podcast and from Bulldog from Frazier. This is Tobias!
2: <laughs>
0: I'm legit almost crying. That was hilarious. We found the line.
1: This is, this is not... <laughs>
0: and it's Creed, uh, so he can't say "God damn it," so he's gonna say "GD."
1: <laughs> <laughs> These GD melon farmers over here.
0: <laughs> uh. <sighs> so, had he given given us a proper lead, in, he would have said, "Ladies and oh, gentlemen, oh, go to hell." WWE. WWE is hyping the Edge vs. Randy Orton match at their next pay-per-view as, quote-unquote, the greatest wrestling match ever. I gave you a two-minute musical montage, asshole. Anyway, as I was saying... Obviously, it's not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever, and they're clearly trolling the internet community. Hashtag journalist in the internet community. By the way, you can pick up your hashtag journalism shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Gentlemen, what match do you think throughout history, dead or alive, could have possibly been and created the greatest wrestling match ever?
2: I mean, I was expecting Tony to go first because we, we all know, let's see, uh, as we spitballed this in our wonderful text back and forth, you knew I was just going to throw out some Japanese names that neither one of y'all really heard anything of. So you want to you want to throw somebody out there that people know first and then I'll bring in the obscure shit.
0: It's going to be the lead singer of Creed. I forgot his name. Scott Scott staff versus the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots. That's what uh is going to say. So
2: one's bloated and one's dead. That's a <laughs> <up. laughs>
0: well.
1: I am smelling like a rose that somebody gave me on my birthday deathbed. That is literally a song called "Dead and Bloated." There you go. Extra stones the pilots. Yes, good what for me. That, nice that, try, guys. That, but it, no, 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 no. Only one you. One one only one one you interrupt game. Game. me. Only you interrupt me. Thechairshot.com.
0: Always use your head not nah, but seriously though all took side that redheaded dude from stone temple pilots is dead yeah like five years ago oh, oh wow guy wylon
2: died a while back mm-hmm. rip yeah I didn't know that I think it was a lot of people drugs. Think,
1: a lot of people think that led to the depre- the depression <laughs> that a lot of people think that that led to the depression that um
2: chester Bennington Chester Bennington no uh Song Garden. Oh, oh, Chris uh, Cornell. Yeah. yeah Chris they were Cornell. good Yes. Yeah. Uh... Well, and I only brought up the Chester Bennington thing because Bennington was supposed to take Wyland's place on the next like Stone Temple pilot stuff moving forward and then we know what happened with Bennington. So yeah. that whole situation is just dark and fucked up and yeah, let, let's steer out of this. Skit. How do we go from greatest wrestling match to a trifecta of, like, suicide or, like, drug-assisted
0: <laughs> drug shit? Like, let's let's because, get out of here. Y'all, get out, y'all, out of here. Because y'all told me Scott Wetland died, and I didn't realize that. Uh, That's how we got there.
1: Well, I but think, anywho, in, who, who in my door, opinion, yes. I think the greatest wrestling match ever will be Hulk Hogan versus John
2: Cena. <laughs> you're lying. I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Actually, man. listen, listen, honestly, I don't think that would be a horrible match, but what I, I do, the match I've always wanted to see and book, and it's my dream match, and it's not my greatest wrestling match ever, because this is something I brought up, to you guys, is uh, Andre the Giant in his prime, which would have been before anybody would have seen him. Like, the you watch the Andre documentaries, right, and like... Just after he had gone through leaving France. Like, the guy could move. He was insane. He knew how to wrestle. And Brock Lesnar, I would put Brock Lesnar almost to where he is now against Andre then. Where Andre would be the baby face. This new big giant. Coming in and take this guy, Brock Lesnar, who's so established. And conquered The Undertaker and everybody else. So, that's always been my dream match for those two guys. uh, For all time. But wrestling match for me, Bret Hart the excellence of execution and kurt angle maybe possibly one of the best wrestlers legitimately in the history of the planet to me great wrestling match means in ring wrestling with storytelling along with it those two guys did it very 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 well
0: and, and that's where i would go with honestly these are two guys that are in my top 5 so i'm also biased but in terms of two gentlemen that you can say arguably were the best in ring wrestlers of all time Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels and allegedly the the rumor was that we were going to see that match at that year's WrestleMania before Eddie Guerrero tragically met his untimely demise. That was the match that was on the docket. Now, I've I've heard conflicting stories about that. I know um, the first time I heard that it was Court Bauer, who is now the head of MLW. He was working on Raw at the time, and he was saying that that was the match they were planning. But conversely, Alex Greenfield, who I don't know if he still works for MLW, but I knew he did it one time, but he was also the head writer of SmackDown around this time he was going around saying that the match that they had on the docket for that year's WrestleMania was Eddie versus undertaker. So far as that they had a house show match between Eddie and undertaker and trying to figure out how they could make it work because of the size differential between the two. And in that match, they worked it, the 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 storyline in the match was that Undertaker had an eye injury, and Eddie just kept, you know, fucking with the eye injury, and that's how they tried to make it work. So, I don't know what was going to happen. Either match would have been great, but it, what we're talking about in terms of the greatest wrestling match ever, possibly, I've got to throw two of the all-time greats in there, which were Sean and Eddie.
2: Okay. So, so I'll play ball with the the more well known names,
0: none, most none, none, that... none, no, 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 no,
2: because this is how I prefaced think. it in the text, too. So, to play, ball, you, we well, all I'll know
1: Andrew's different... all time match would be Tokyo K versus Tokyo 2K.
2: No, this is true, it's the passing of the torch or the Vitter passing
0: of the K. versus student, yes, yes, but all right,
2: so I'll, I'll take this a few different angles and I'll start with. When it comes down to people that North American fans are all pretty well aware of, Chris Benoit versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, that would be mine because they could both work really well. They both had gas tanks for days. Steamboat did broadways constantly with flare, without flare. Steamboat was a wonderful baby face. That that's easy. Benoit could play heel really well. Both are technically sound. Both ha- both have a high-flying ability that they don't need to go into because they could keep it grounded. They could keep it a little more... They could keep it close if they needed to. But I think that would just be really great when it came to a work rate, when it came down to a story, because, you know, Chris was known as the Crippler for a reason, so they could have easily healed him up really hard against such a lovable baby face like Ricky, and that would have been fantastic. And, you know, that the wonderful Prime kind of way of doing things. Now, currently using current superstars, I would definitely think that Kazuchika Okada versus Roman Reigns would probably be the best match you could put together out of people that are currently in wrestling at the moment because Roman can work. Roman's gotten better with his character stuff. He's he's pretty damn good worker when you give him somebody who wants to work with him. And, we all know Okada's fantastic. So, like, I th- I think those two, not only are they two of the biggest names in the business at the moment, they're great workers. It'd be a huge draw. And Roman kind of doing an Okada match, I think would be fine. Like, I could even go to, like, a time limit draw. One of them could win, make, cause some kind of rematch and then a rubber match. Who knows? But, like, I think that'd be really fun. And, of course, I would be remiss. If I didn't bring up names that most of us probably know, but maybe not some of the more casual fans, with uh, Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobashi, which, oddly enough, a couple days ago for thechairshot.com, I started doing a new showcase article, which I'm just calling Pro Arrestor Showcase, and I'm kind of picking interesting or really good matches from the history of Japanese wrestling and kind of doing a quick one-off review of it with a little bit of setup and a rating. And that was known as the match of the decade. It won 2003's Tokyo Sports Match of the Year, and it's arguably one of the best matches ever. And both men had 10 years of established rivalry and everything from all Japan. So it, it doesn't get much better than that when it comes down to... Physically, like the best match that I've seen, and it, it doesn't get much better than that.
0: You know, oh, I, I, I agree with you with Okada on Roman Reigns, that would probably be the most interesting match that we could have nowadays. I would lo- have loved to have seen Okada versus Steamboat, I think that would be interesting. Um, I- he, he who shall not be named versus his predecessor or his idol, Dynamite Kid, I think that could have been interesting. Dangerous
2: as fuck though,
0: possibly oh, yeah. a ten
2: minute match. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they would have got it in in those ten minutes. Oh yeah, we all yeah, know yeah, that. yeah, yeah, Well, another one. Uh, Tanahashi versus Cena. For some reason, I always thought that that would be an interesting matchup because I kind of, you know, I, I look at those guys kind of as doppelgangers. It's not a, it's not a spot on comparison. But Andrew, I know you get where I'm going with that.
2: No, it's it's close. You're not wrong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, those would be interesting. Pardon me. I just had to drink a drink. I didn't know everybody was just going to stop talking all I mean, once, I, I
2: was kind of hoping Tunney would have jumped in with maybe a little more. Maybe do you have any recent wrestlers that you know of that just aren't in WWE that you'd maybe like to see clash if but they came I, I, to WWE? Like, I, I, Tunney... Okay. In in Tunney's magical world, who who would be <laughs> your best current pairing of uh, of wrestlers?
0: But I also like his Brock versus Andre dynamic because yeah, that, that shit would have cool. made a gaz- that would have made a gazillion dollars. You already know.
2: I mean, shit. You could even use on young Andre versus young uh, Kali because Kali used to be able to move when he started out in Japan. How like, about... he was actually not bad, and then everything caught up with him, like, literally at the same time.
1: <laughs> a, a young, scruff, fan-favorite, up-and-coming, beer-drinking, no-caring, hangman, page, instead of Cena, trying to take the title from the corporate cowboy, John Bradshaw Layfield.
0: So you just story don't line. want to draw any money? Huh? I'm
1: talking about storyline wise, like that's interesting, like character is, wise. Is he corporate
2: cowboy or is he still like the oh, cabinet? Bradshaw.
1: No, the cabinet when he, he had the belt and everything else, he was whatever. You know, he came I out with the like long horns be
2: on the limousine. I feel like he'd be better as Bradshaw. Because you'd have the two different cowboys. You'd have the white hat and the black hat. Very literally, the bad cowboy, the good cowboy. Then they could reenact their quiet That's man the drinking scene. That's the
1: twist. The good cowboy is actually the bad cowboy, and the bad cowboy is actually the good cowboy. Do you get but it? J. That's B. where you get the underdog story. But was a little stories. boring
2: in the corporate side. My, no, my, my only part is J.B. was a little boring on the corporate side. I loved him as APA Bradshaw. I love when... You you could even start it off that they were drinking buddies at first or something like that, and then something stupid happens and they get into a fight over a poker game and then they splinter off. That I think could be cool if it was Bradshaw. But I don't I don't love love corporate JBL. Platt, any ideas?
0: Another one, man, I, I don't know how much money it would draw, but Daniel Bryan versus Muda, I think that would be an amazing spectacle. Even a Prime Jushin versus Rick O'Shea. I think that would be incredible as well. Just throwing those out there just off the top of my head.
1: Daniel Bryan and Bob Backlund could make money.
0: That'd be a good match too because Bob Backlund wasn't no hoe, man. He was a good worker with with the right opponent. You know what I mean? His character was kind of boring until he got off on that weird uh, Clint Eastwood, Grant Torino, get off (laughs) my lawn type thing. But yeah. Yeah, that could work.
2: Yeah, that that's not bad at all. Well, yeah, I, I definitely like where some of these are going. And then, you know, we, we also, just to harken back, because we've already brought it up once, this show, the uh, the uh, show name of uh, Yellow Orton and the Negro Butcher, we could always put Randy Orton together with Okada, and you know that would be a fucking fucking buttery, smooth, fantastic match. Randy Orton I and Bruno you, San Martino. I think
0: it would be boring, though. I think it would be boring because both of them are so good. Sometimes they're boring. That's how good they are. Does that make sense? It's kind of like. Depends on where it's to, at. it it Okay, in the Tokyo Dome, it would get 15 stars by you and Meltzer. I already know no, that.
2: No, 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 no. But you know <laughs> that the fans would be more receptive of that type of thing. And I feel like they add a better atmosphere to a technical masterpiece than. A bunch of American fans throwing around a fucking beach ball or booing or trying to get themselves over with some random fucking chant or something stupid. So that that's what I meant by dynamic. I didn't mean it had to be in the Tokyo Dome, so I'd give it 17 stars. Blah. some of a bitch.
0: <laughs> so another match that I brought up in our chat when we were going over ideas for the show were was a Bruder Brosie. Bruiser Brosie. I bet you brought it Versus Bru- Brock Lesnar. <laughs> whatever I said. Versus <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting.
2: That's like brosy. What is that? Like bruiser Brody and Rosie have a tag team, they're just brosy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about Yoko and Andre? Oh, that be against each other
2: or as a team?
1: Pick one, I don't care. I'm in.
2: Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, you're right.
1: Here's my money, surprise me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: So, what if it yeah, was there's Andre, a oh man
1: on any other night? On any other night, Pot is war. here's my money, surprise me. God so,
2: what if it was Andre and Yoko versus like Vader and Bam Bam?
1: Oh no, I, I mean, Andre can do whatever he wants all the time when he was healthy. From everything I've heard
0: inside, Bam Bam's underrated, though, Bam Bam is a really underrated worker, yeah, man. Nobody else's guy inside. is Athletic as he was, and his nobody shit seven, and four, agile.
1: Okay,
2: yes, but you realize if, if Andre liked you, he'd also work with you. Was the whole gimmick that everybody's heard from Andre? So let's assume that he likes the people he's working with. Would would you be okay with that? Because Vader was stiff. Lots of people complained about you know he'd hit too hard. Bam Bam was athletic for a big guy too. Vader caused a fucking riot in Japan, <laughs> like so, like because he beat Anoki. So like, you you made those quiet, humble motherfuckers riot. Like that's why you can't have certain things in the Budokan anymore.
1: I don't know. Head down to Puerto Rico and wrestle and see what happens. That sounds like a more dangerous uh, proposition to me.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only person to live in that situation would have been Andre because he would have eaten that fucking knife.
1: Yes, <laughs> speaking of, yeah, of Bruiser, speaking of Bruiser Brody,
2: there's been a lot of Brody stuff going around lately too. Have you noticed that, like a bunch of like young pictures of him randomly circulating on Twitter, like back when he was like a sports wrestling columnist or something like that?
0: Yeah, I saw that. This he motherfucker looks like, like Dare clean, from Bewitched.
2: Yeah, he's like all clean shaven and he's a decent looking motherfucker. Like I'm like, fuck, happened? like maybe maybe he went through a quarantine and that, so I understand where he's going from. <laughs>
0: One more out there. uh, uh, Abdullah the Butcher versus New Jack.
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, that would be a spectacle.
0: I don't Uh, even know if I have the stomach to watch it at this point in time, man, because I've got a real queasy in my old race, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to process that because that that could get
2: real bloody real quick, and then you have to wonder if one of them gets pissed off, what's going to happen?
0: That shit is just going to turn into the the knife fight from the music video thriller, or, or, or beat it rather. <laughs> That's I, I,
2: don't, I don't think Abdul is that athletic. I to do the beat it. <laughs> <is real>
0: <laughs> Can you bastard! So yeah, like Abdul, shit, <laughs> and New Jack about to. <laughs> So, so who would be the peacemaker in that particular scenario? Sandman? And then they just bust into the uh, the dance routine? <laughs> no, you know what? going to be yeah. Stan
2: Lansing. Stan Hansen comes in, just lariats both their fucking heads off and knocks them the fuck out. That's what
0: it is. <laughs> Bob, Bob. So before we get up out of here, man, is there anything else that anybody is just dying to get off their chest before next week? God, I hope it's I just hope it's an easier week to
2: talk about fucking anything <laughs> between between yeah. deaths and quarantine and riots and other stuff like th- there's not been an easy week for a while. So can can we just have an easy one? Just one oh, it's only one. Don't
0: <laughs> don't don't worry, boss, because they about to ramp up these sporting leagues most expeditiously to dissipate the energy of what's going on in the country right now. We about to have some sports back really, really fast, really, really quickly, and that's gonna be what we talk about.
2: Good. Good. I'm okay with that. I
0: like distractions. Pretty colors,
2: things like that. I'm okay
0: with it. <laughs> <Fair laughs> Distract
2: enough. me, please.
0: So why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? Uh,
2: you could find me on the Twitter at IWC Chief and doing Reviews the the poor wrestler showcase column and a few other things on the chairshot.com Chris.
0: That's great. You all can find me, <clears throat> excuse me, on Twitter at The Real C Platt. You can find me on The Chair Shot at multiple shows. We've got the three man weave with Tony, myself, and Mr. Ray Cash. That comes out, was it Tony, every Monday or Tuesday on The Chair Shot? I think it's every Tuesday on The Chair Shot. Mondays, uh, you can also Mondays find on me The Chair here. Shot. Alright, that's cool. So, now, yes, we'll it's
2: so on the one. chair shot.
0: <laughs> the yeah. chair
2: shot.
0: Thank you for the chair interrupting shot. my... Oh, cool. But you you can also find me on Around the Blocks with Mike Knox. I know we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks. Uh, the last show didn't go up because the audio was jacked up, and this week, obviously, we didn't feel like recording because mm-hmm. of situations and circumstances, but that's a thing still. And... More importantly than all of that, make sure you guys go to ProWrest and gals. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t shirt. If you enjoy the content that we provide on a day in and day out basis, show us some love by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot because much like PBS, depend on listeners like you. It it works for PBS. Why can't it work for us, man? PBS has been around my whole life asking for money from viewers like me, and they're still here, so they must be on to something. So maybe it'll work for us, too. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shop. Please and thank you. Thank you. Please, stay safe. Try to stay positive. And, shit, man, that's about it. Till next time, hit it, Carly.